uh, oh, you gotta love on your first show back that you know the dog. The, I I look at it this way. Albarcus is welcoming me back. He did. He just welcomed you back. He's just a little sad that you didn't bring him a treat because it's eight million treats time right now. Hey. Every dog has 8 million treats time, 8 million times a day. That's right. And now I'm trying to do the math in my head. Isn't that like 64 trillion? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. But guess what, people? I'm back. Yay. Yay. Back to the watch list with Patty and Bill. You can check out all of our past episodes, even though you won't, by going to thewatchlistpod.com and checking out all that stuff. You can also engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol the watchlist pod. Pretty pleased with Sugar on Top? Go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and click on that subscribe button. And if you just happen to listen on Apple, please give us, thank you, Al Barkas, please give us a five-star review to appease the algorithm gods. How are you, Pat? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Sweet. Had some fun people join while you were away, and now we're back. And thank you to all of those fun people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It, It gave me tons of time to recover. My brother, my sister, my cousin, and... Jess from Dayback K Drama Rambles podcast. Thank you all so, 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 so much. Oh, and Tammy. I really appreciate Don't forget Tammy. Holy crap. How could I forget Tammy? You can't forget Tammy. My God, was I away that yeah. long? <clears throat> so in case nobody, thank you, Albarcus. In case people <laughs> need a refresher, I was out because my studio is actually upstairs and I had knee replacement surgery so i could not get upstairs for several weeks and then on top of that i got shingles on top of those i also had a case of bronchitis it was not a fun time to be bill doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun but now i'm back oh my god it was fucking awful and and I and I know in my in my heart and in my mind that there are people going through so much worse, absolutely so much worse, without a doubt going through so much worse. Mm-hmm. But you you just get so run down with everything going on. Like I couldn't concentrate on dealing with the knees so much because my shingles hurt, so it just hurt to move. But then, you know, also I know I needed to move to help the knee along, but then the coughing would kick in. So it, it, was, it, it was just a struggle sometimes just to find a comfortable position to just bleh. I understand. That's all. But I will tell you this. We have friends who are going through much worse than we are. So I know I am blessed to be on the other side of my recovery. I'm still working on my knees, although I did something fun today that my knees are quite regretting right now. What did you do? I was a panelist at Philly Comic Con today. Really? I was. That's pretty awesome. I got asked a couple of days ago 
by uh, a friend of mine whose name is Abby. Shout out to Abby. Hey, Abby. And a, a friend of hers was doing a a panel on villains of Doctor Who. Ooh. And and they asked me, Bill, do you want to be on this panel? We need people to be on this panel. Fuck yeah, I do. I was like, fuck yeah, okay. And and I'm and secretly I'm like, oh fuck, how am I gonna do this? So I said, fuck, how am I gonna do this? But luckily, where I was dropped off today was literally maybe one or two corners away from the room that I needed to be in. Perfect. And then afterward, I'm like, well, I'm in Comic-Con. Let me go check this out, right? And oh my God, was it packed. I can believe it. It was stupid crowded, Patty. And as we have made mention on this show before, those convention halls, Home Depots, Lowe's, all that, concrete floors. So now I've got new bionic knee, right? I'm a fucking cyborg now. At least half of me is a fucking cyborg. Oh, but my other knee was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Why did you do this? And I'm trying to maneuver through the crowd just a little bit, even using a cane. And I just couldn't. I, I oh, There was man. no way. It was too crowded. And you don't realize how much you use your, like, all of the muscles in your legs. Just scooting through people saying, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah. So after maybe like two or three rows of things, not even all the way back, because fuck that, uh, you know, there was no way. I was like, no, sorry, can't do this. So then I luckily came back down the elevators that were also extremely close, which they were very good at keeping available for people with like physical needs for transportation and so forth. Awesome. So wheelchairs, canes, you know, one poor guy had broken his ankle and he was on one of those little scooter things. But they did a really good job of making sure, like, the rabble wasn't using the elevators. And then I was out. But I didn't do a whole lot of walking, but the walking that I did really kind of pushed it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it was fun. I had never done a panel before. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did my research. The reason the guy wanted me on the panel was because I was an old, like a like a classic Doctor Who fan. Ah, gotcha. And he was more of a of a new, a new Who. Doctor Who okay. fan. But what was cool about it was that the room, and and I had done research too. I was like, okay, let me refresh my memory about Doctor Who villains and shit, right? And I was like, oh, my God, there are way too many to count. Lots. La, I mean. You get just... the big ones, the Cybermen, the Daleks, the Sonteran. That was another pretty big one. Right, right. You got you got the big ones yeah. there. I'm so glad 12-year-old Bill was not in the room because he would have been like, well, what about episode 87 of the fourth <laughs> season of Tom Baker? They, he faced this. Like, no, shut up, 12-year-old Bill. I'm not about that right now. But what was nice was that the room was full of people who, no matter who their doctor was, because everybody kind of falls in love with the first doctor if they love the show, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they compare other doctors to that doctor, whether you realize it or not, that everybody was there loving on Doctor Who, no matter where they jumped on. 
no matter if they jumped off for a while. You know, it, it was just really, really cool and a really nice experience. That's why I said yes, even though it messed my knees up pretty good. So right after we record this podcast, I am icing the fuck out of my legs. Just saying. But anyway, I have three things. How many do you have? I have three, and then one that you told me you were you watched. All right, so start us off. I will start with the series on Netflix called Black Knight. Oh, all right. It's a Korean drama, a futuristic dystopian future. Futuristic dystopian future. Sure. Wait, a K-drama? Yeah. Get it out. It is both subtitled and dubbed into English, so if you uh-huh. want to watch it, you can. Uh, okay. But you got the dystopian future of 2071. Air pollution has made the majority of the Korean peninsula a wasteland after a comet wiped out all but, like, 1% of the population. So everybody's in these segregated districts based on their social status. And the districts are, like, surface, and then you get lower, deeper underground. So the people who are the refugees all live on the surface out exposed. And then you've got some people who actually have houses to live in on the surface. But then the big, richy, rich people are underground where they have this, this like, televised sky going on to make it look like it's daytime and nighttime and that kind of shit. And there's these people who have to deliver the oxygen to everybody and other supplies because you can't just go wandering around outside because of the pollution. So... They are the knights who deliver stuff. But there are some of those refugees and pirates try to steal the supplies. So the, the delivery guys got to be like able to fight and that kind of thing. So that's kind of the basis of what's going on. You got your guy who's the black knight, who's the big delivery driver, who's the mythical guy that fights like a, I don't know, superhero or some shit. But they are also working to uh, destroy the corrupt overlords who are selling the oxygen. And they claim that they're trying to clean the air with these trucks that drive around. But, you know, really, are they really trying to do that? Because they're making gobs of money off of making people buy oxygen. This is a movie? It's a series. There are six episodes. They're about an hour apiece. How is it? It was good. It was fun. I like that dystopian future kind of stuff. So It was fun. People dying is great. So, Right. It, it, <laughs> but, but your description of it, and I'm not, this isn't my usual, okay, another K-drama thing, but it sounds like something I've seen before. Of what I've described of other K-dramas, yeah, there's always the rich corporation, but also in all these dystopian futures, there's the rich corporation that runs everything and keeps everybody under their thumb, and you got the guy fighting back. Well, right. I mean, There's it, always right, just, that, yeah. But one of the things that it's reminding me of is Snowpiercer, and Kinda, not the TV yeah. show on TNT. Yeah. I'm talking about the movie with uh, Chris Evans. Yeah, and... Yeah, and so you got the, the the useless people at the back of the train. Well, useless and as in they right. aren't the rich, rich. Right, and the further you go paper. up in the train, the better off you are. Yeah, and the more, the more life you get and the more food and right, better food. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and seriously, it also sounds like the platform. Kind of, yeah, yep, yep. You know, 
Yeah. So it is. I guess very what I'm saying is all these things because these are the basic tropes of society. Hmm. You know, you got those who are forgotten, and then you got the rich people who have it all and don't share and exploit right. those who are forgotten. But you liked it. I liked it. It's you know, it is that typical stuff, but the rapping was fun. Okay. I'd say that way. Well the the rapping right. is the delivery driver and he's fighting to keep be able to make his deliveries to keep those people stealing shit, but also that he's got his crew of people who are trying to help the the downtrodden and keep them going and and fight the power. All right. All right. Black Knight on Netflix. It is both dubbed and subtitled. Well, a movie that I wish was dubbed into another language off of this planet Uh-oh. and subtitled something else, Shazam 2, Uh-oh. Fury of the Gods. Oh. oh, my God. So, and I think I have said this before on uh, uh, other episodes of this show. Sometimes a movie will will pique our interest. Mm-hmm. But yet, it's not peaked enough to pay for it. Gotcha. And and you wait and you wait and you wait until it's on one of the myriad subscription services that you that you buy. Well, as we all now know, HBO Max is now simply Max. Woohoo! Although I will say, sidebar. Yes. This is one thing that I wanted to mention. Uh huh. So obviously, HBO Max is now rebranded into Max. But as soon as I opened the HBO Max app, it said we're you know we're converting to Max, so download the Max app. As soon as I did that, it almost automatically signed me in. Yeah, same here. So it was very easy, mm-hmm. at least in the fakakta way, way that they did this whole thing. <laughs> it. Really, really, really was super duper easy. Well, one of the things that they offered was the new Shazam movie. And this movie came out this year. Huh. It, it actually got released in March of 2023. Okay. So April, May, June, three months ago. Boy, is this piece of shit awful. Really? Oh, Oh, man. my God. All right. So uh, Billy Batson... And his fellow foster kids who are now all Shazam, struggle, teenage life, superhero alter egos, vengeful angry gods arrive on Earth to search for a thing, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a fuck? Here's the thing about this movie. Uh-huh. I fell asleep. Oh. I fell uh. asleep through most of it, woke up, and realized how much I did not need what I slept through. Wow. Okay. Not to mention the fact that it was boring. It was kind of hard to follow. Who gives a shit? I mean, it. it uh. this is one of the main reasons why Warner Brothers and the whole DC Universe needed to be overhauled. It was probably a step down from Wonder Woman 1984. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. That bad. Okay. The first Shazam, I really liked. I thought it was charming. I thought Zachary Levi was great in it. Um, He makes a very good Shazam. The whole bit, I thought it was very cute. 
This one was Terry Blay. So if you've got like two hours to kill, and that's another thing too. How the fuck long is this movie? This The running time is two hours and ten minutes. Oof. I shit you not. You would do well to watch maybe the first 20 minutes and then skip ahead to the last 15. Yeah. It, it, it's just awful. Awful, awful, awful. So if you were looking forward to it, sorry. I mean, in its second weekend, it dropped 70%. Oh, God. Anyway. That'll be the worst piece of shit that I review this week. Uh, I always try to bring something to the table that I loved, something that's... and then something that's terrible. Shazam! Fury of the Gods is terrible. Stay the fuck away from it, even if you have a passing interest to watch it. So, the next thing I have is also on Max. It is the movie called... Reality. It is the interrogation of the reality winner. That is her actual name for real. Legal name is Reality Lee Winner. And she worked for the NSA and she was arrested for leaking intelligence to the media back in 2017. And this was turned into a play called Is This a Room? where the writer, Tina Sattler, turn the the transcript of her interrogation verbatim into the dialogue of the whole thing and wow. the movie uh it, it pretty much takes that and sydney sweeney plays reality winner and it's the day she got arrested and they interrogated her in like a room in her basement um she lived very sparsely she had like next to no furniture, a dog and a cat, and there was no other quiet place to sit down. She came home from the grocery store, and the two FBI agents approach her, and you see the one turn on a voice recorder, and then the whole thing starts. Really what she, she was tired of, and she says in the whole thing that she talked to HR because at the office where she's at... They have the TV on, tuned into Fox News all the time, nonstop. Mm. It is 2017, and all she gets is bombarded with Fox News all day. And it's starting to piss her off. And they're talking about Russian interference in the election. And Fox News claimed there was no evidence, nothing, nothing. Well, she found something, and she printed it out. And mailed it off to uh, the Intercept, a news website. So, and the Intercept then uh, allowed they they reached out to to verify this thing they got in the mail, and so the whole leak was traced back to her. And because you know Trump, she was denied bail, charged under the Espionage Act. And spent four years in prison for mailing this one piece of paper to reporters. Well, and I'm looking at her right now. Mm-hmm. What a what an odd name, too. Reality yeah, winner. Um, 
I somewhere I read that uh, her dad wanted her to have a great name or some shit, and that's how she got the name. Well, uh, yeah, it was selected by I her. I guess father. he got what he wanted. But but it also says that she received the longest prison sentence ever imposed for an unauthorized release of government information to the media. Yes. Uh, she was sentenced to five years and three months in yeah, federal prison. She spent four years in prison, was released on good behavior, and is under supervised release until November 2024. I would get pissed off, too, if I had to have a steady diet of Fox News' lies While I'm at work. While I'm at, yes, exactly. At work. So I can't just go somewhere else to get away from it. Yep. And I don't know if she could put some headphones on to tune it out or not. I don't know what the whole NSA uh, company where she was at, I don't know what their policy was, but that creates a hostile work environment, if you ask me. Well, yes, and especially since they were recently proven to be spouting lies about the election. Yeah, not, we know that now, yeah. yeah. So, yes, back then, horrible yet not proven... Because of where she worked, she had access to a lot of the sensitive information, and she came across a, a document that said, yes, Russia had a hand involved in, the, in skewing the election. She had evidence right there. And meanwhile, all the Fox talking heads are like, show me the proof. And she's like, here, here's your proof, motherfucker. That's, she gets pissed off. She's pissed off about it. So, okay, again, with something like this, did this entertain you? I Yeah, because it was the transcript of the two officers and her. You even had, like, background people that were on the recording because they were added to the transcript. And because she's an, uh, an interpreter for Farsi and Pashto Middle Eastern languages... She's got all of these, this other stuff in her house, like uh, the Quran and other resources that she was interested in. And they took that, the judge did, they thought of that as they sentenced her because clearly she's a sympathizer to the Middle East, even though she was in the Air Force, a former enlisted Air Force member. So she's clearly, you know, she, she wanted to serve over in the Middle East, which is why she learned those languages, so she could go do that. And she was biding her time while she was waiting for, I don't know, something, doing these translations of Farsi and Pashto and stuff. So the judge dinged her for that and added, gave her that crazy sentence for, for, for what she did. Because yeah. of her Middle Eastern interests and all that so people should watch this i think you should watch it it's it's really interesting how how it all plays out and how even though you o they only had the diet the transcript of what was spoken on the, the recording the way they dealt with stuff that was like censored out like they blacked out certain things that they couldn't say when they got the the way they handled that in the the movie was really interesting and then just her reactions when you see, like, she's fallen into her head where if this was a full, fleshed-out story, 
where they would do flashbacks or something, you could see that would be where it would be, but, but you could tell that whatever's going on in her head is, like, reaction to what's, like, it's becoming real, what's happening to her. Mm. Like, all of it seems like she's removed herself from the situation. She's so right. worried about the dog and what's going to happen to the dog when they take her away. Yeah. Because, Well, yeah. as any dog owner yeah, would be. Yeah, yeah, and that was... One thing she says that really, like, struck home to me as I was watching it, her dog, she said he do- she doesn't like men. And she starts, th- and then she says something like, um, she, it was, ah, uh, fuck, I forget the exact wording she said now, but it was alluding to the fact of, I'm a young woman alone, living alone here in this house, and I am being surrounded by giant, beefy FBI guys. They're all men coming into my house and telling me what I can and can't do. Like, the feeling's mutual. Like, I get it why she hates mm, men. Right, and And, right. like, you, I didn't notice that until she said that. And then I start thinking, oh, my God. Yeah, there isn't a single... They did not bring a single female officer to come handle this with them until the very end, there's a female officer to pat her down and handcuff her. That's the first woman other than her that you see. At the very end when they're about to put her in a car and take her away. It is called Reality and it's on Max. So it's only 82 minutes. A good, easy, quick watch. Okay. So the next thing that I have is a TV series. And it is actually on IFC. Hmm. It's called Sisters. And it is a, a an Irish-Canadian television comedy series. Hmm. And it is a show about, okay, so these two real-life best friends make their writing debut with this really darkly comic drama called Sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, one woman is a Jewish-Canadian woman, and the other one is, is Irish, who discover that they're sisters because their alcoholic father slept around a lot. Well, the mom of the Irish Jew, or the um, Canadian-Jewish woman dies, so uh, she goes to try to find her father. That leads her to Ireland, mm-hmm. where she discovers that she has this sister who discovers that she has a sister. And then they both go looking for their alcoholic father. And it, the synopsis says it's a character-driven drama that explores parental absence in adult life and the macabre humor that follows this is just one of those things that I looked at and I and cuz I wanted to see it based on the the little snippets that they showed. This is not really a comedy. There are some comedic things that happen, but it's another one of those okay, so the Irish sister can't pay her rent. She's dodging um people she owes money to. She has tons of money owed on her credit cards. Her life is just shit. It's in a shambles. And somehow that's supposed to be funny to me. And they go through these adventures trying to find... it. To me, that's much more tragic. And so I stopped watching it. I'm sure some people find this show funny because you have to find the, the humor in dark moments. You have to or else you'll never see the light in a dark moment. But at the same time, I'm not watching this shit. I don't want to see them 
I, I really don't. I'm tired of shows that that say that they're comedies that aren't really, and and they're really just really like heavy dramas disguised with a little bit of comedy thrown in. Because the 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 one sister who is Irish and is it's almost kind of very stereotypical. She's drunk all the time and and you know for a sister she looks like five like five miles of hard road put away wet, you know. I was just like, No, I'm not gonna watch you guys tragic you know, humor tragically go through life bonding. Right. If you guys out there like dark humor and character studies and family dramas and all that, Sisters is your bag. If you're actually looking for a comedy comedy, like a hilarious comedy, like I thought it was going to be, this ain't it. And that's Sisters on IFC. Okay. Okay. The last of the original things that I have is a movie that we found on Netflix called Missing. It's from this year, 2023. It stars Storm Reed, who was in A Wrinkle in Time, and she was Riley in The Last of Us. Um, she is yeah. June Allen, is her character, and she's a teenager. Her mom has this new boyfriend and is going off on a week-long trip to Cartagena, Colombia, with her new boyfriend, Kevin. And June is left alone. She's in the care of one of mom's friends who's a divorce lawyer. And so June is supposed is given some money by mom because, you know, she's a teenager. She can take care of herself here. Make sure you eat while I'm gone and just make sure you pick us up at the at the airport next week. So we see a montage of her having a party time with the money and the money running out as she's spending her week alone. She wakes up kind of in a haze of drinking and whatnot, partying, and realizes she's going to be late to pick up her mom at the airport and races off to pick up her mom, and she's standing there waiting and waiting. Mom never shows up. And she's calling and calling and calling and texting mom, like, where the fuck are you? And mom's not responding. This whole movie, by the way, is viewed through screens. Like a phone camera okay. screen, the computer screen, the FaceTime screens, um, like Skype screens, the whole thing. It's There's no like camera taking you outside of all these screens. I really liked it because of the way it was filmed and like displayed with the phone camera, the computer screen and the camera and her friend talks in the background you see through the camera that that was new and different to me other than the usual mom's missing investigation kid solves the right. mystery on her own kind of a thing and where is this this is on netflix and it's called it's called missing so the last thing that we have this week is the brand new documentary about Michael J. Fox, and it's called Still a Michael J. Fox Movie. Uh, it, and it's not directed by him, but it, it stars nothing but Michael J. Fox. And it goes through his early life, talks about his incredible rise to fame, 
and how he actually barely got sleep every night because he was doing Family Ties at the time that he was doing the first Back to the Future movie. And then in, in 1990, I think they said, he received the diagnosis that he had Parkinson's disease. And this is a documentary. It's, it's awesome. It, it, is, it is an amazing and very real look into the life of a celebrity and how a disease does not give a fuck who you are. Yeah, no. I'm not giving anything away. There's nothing you really can give away about this movie except, you know, because it's part of his life. And he's he's been very open about his his journey. But at the beginning of the movie, he has a physical therapist. And the physical therapist is having him walk out of his apartment in New York. And he's walking down the street and the camera hangs back. But Michael, but Michael J. Fox falls. And he falls hard enough that a passerby says, are you okay? For something like that to be on film, I think that's very brave. It's a very vulnerable moment. Very. In his life there, yeah. 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 And he explains in the movie how he was always moving as a kid, just like very active, fast. He, you know, he, he did stuff. And it's almost like his mind wants to keep doing that, but his body is just failing him. Mm-hmm. And he has good days and bad days. And the irony is, like right before we, we recorded this podcast tonight, Back to the Future was on. And after you see Still, it gives me a greater appreciation for not only his career before Parkinson's, but his career after the diagnosis. Because they also show a scene from him from Spin City where he was hiding his hand in his pocket because it was fidgeting. He couldn't control it much anymore. And this was way before, like, very, very, very apparent symptoms happened. But he hid his hand in his pocket or he held something with it. And now that you know what you're looking for and you can see stuff like that, it is absolutely amazing that he soldiered through all of it and made this movie to show that he's not kicking the ass of Parkinson's by finding a cure necessarily. He's kicking the ass of Parkinson's by saying it's not going to control him. I liked how, as he's narrating his story, they used many different clips from all the different things he's been in kind of representing like what he's talking about. Like I went into the guy's office, then you see him going into an office from some movie somewhere. Mm. And then another scene of, it's a lot of that kind of thing. Like when he's talking about how he ran everywhere, you see him running around as uh, Marty McFly and any other character he had that's running somewhere. And Mm. that, that helped it feel like it like it, it just pulled it all together like you were watching a movie because you had him as him you know his younger self doing a lot of the the generic things he talked about doing mm. i guess is how i'd explain it. it it's just it it's a very fascinating look if if you like how the tv and movie industries work if you're a kind of nut 
kind of like I am for that kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, you should watch Still. If you if Michael J. Fox is one of your favorite actors growing up, very much like we are and lived with Back to the Future when that was a phenomenon, you should watch Still. If you weren't really a fan of Michael J. Fox, like you didn't hate him, but you weren't like crazy about him, you should watch Still. Yeah, yeah. Because it'll give you a new appreciation of him and his career. I, I mean, I thought he was okay. I wasn't like crazy about oh michael j fox i was like yeah he's a good actor yeah he does stuff he's funny yeah and i watched this and i was like huh i didn't know that about him or oh really oh he Mm -hmm. was in that really he was in that i didn't know yeah that kind of thing and it also puts a finer point on what's going on with bruce willis right now oh yeah you know michael j fox is losing his body bruce willis is slowly losing his mind and and again, diseases don't give a fuck who you are, you know, and, and you should watch Still. It's on Apple TV Plus, and it's, it's really, really, really exceptional. It's so well done. Yeah, so. And, and believe it or not, even though we're ending with this movie, it is actually uplifting. It because is, he's, yeah. Because he's... The title, still. He's still here. He's still going. So watch it. Trust us. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got this week. That's the enemy. Ah, uh, there, there's been news, but when you're recovering from some painful, weird body shit, you're just like, oh, fuck the news. So apologies <laughs> for letting some news slip by. There's a writer strike going on. Just Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's terrible. But there is one thing, and was it you or was it David who sent the Vanity Fair article about Lost? That would it was have been David. David. Shout out to David. If you were a fan of Lost, You must, must, must search out the article that was just in Vanity Fair about how fucked up that set actually was and how it treated not just actors of color on that show, but the writers. Vanity Fair lost. Look that up. And it's not the website. Yeah. It, and yeah, so go to our website, thewatchlistpod.com. Patty will put a link to it. I'm not trying to burst your bubble, but there is a reality that goes on on your favorite shows. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I know so many people who were just lost nuts. You know, they, they love that show. But after reading this, I don't want any fucking thing to do with that show mm-hmm. because of how they treated Harold Perrineau the black actor who was featured on that show after they went after him to be on that show, mm-hmm. um, how they treated the writers, the toxic atmosphere. It was just blech. it's nasty, but very interesting reading. So I highly recommend you, you read that. Um, but for, for clips, trailers, information on everything that we've talked about, go to the watchlistpod.com. Also engage with us on social media at Symbol Pirate Alice, 
at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol The Watchlist Pod. Also, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thanks for listening this week. We appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Yes, and thank you for putting up with me being gone. And thank you again to everybody who, who subbed in. I really, really, really appreciate that. I sure do as well. So now I'm going to watch stuff. Stuff. Okay. You know, so next week we will have more stuff. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. There's this Different Lazarus stuff. project that I want to watch stuff on TNT. Stuff, yeah. Different um, stuff. I feel like different that's stuff. from a commercial or something. Oh, and last thing, right. watch the, the, do you watch Ted Lasso? You don't watch Ted Lasso. I don't watch Ted. No. Uh, Ted Lasso ended. The last episode aired just this past Wednesday, and I think they did the story justice. But it is truly, first of all, it's only three seasons. Mm-hmm. You're not, they're not asking for a huge commitment, and each season is only like 13 or so episodes or whatever the hell it is. Okay. If you have Apple TV Plus and you have never seen Ted Lasso, you should watch it. It is a very good drama, which actually is also very funny. Okay. Watch it. It's awesome. All right. We'll be back next week, people. Kept it to a tight seven hours for you on this podcast, so that's Woo-hoo. great. Go us. Yeah, go. <laughs> anyway, you guys take care of yourselves, and we will talk to you next time. Okay, okay bye. bye.